0: Hey everyone, Alexi Talanda here, and welcome to our bonus content as we work on putting Ostium Season 6 together. We're continuing with our Behind the Ostium series as we go in-depth with the making and discussion of how each episode of Ostium came to be, as well as much more. I am joined by Dwayne Farver, a big fan of the show and creator of the spinoff podcast Manifestations. If you enjoy the Behind the Ostium series, you can get full access to over 50 episodes right now by supporting Team Ostium on Patreon at patreon.com slash ostiumpodcast. You'll also get access to a bunch of other bonus content on there too. Once again, that's patreon.com slash ostiumpodcast. We'll continue working on getting Ostium Season 6 ready for release in 2022, but for now, sit back and enjoy another episode of Behind the Ostium.
2: Um, okay, episode nineteen, Home by the sea. Um, I knew at some point I wanted to turn to do a really kind of official horror episode. Um, this was a point where I was gonna pull again from uh, a moment in Jake's past. You'll be shocked to hear that I was also pulling from my past <laughs> as a rental home. Um, which was actually in Fort Bragg. Um, it was actually a friend of my mother-in-law's who has a place out there that we can rent. And this was actually the, uh, last kind of mini vacation we had before, uh, we had my son. So it was kind of like the last time before everything changed and we had no more time to ourselves for years. (laughs) Um, uh, with this, I knew I wanted to do a kind of deep, heavy horror episode. Um, my, my, I knew as I was writing along this season that I needed to make each episode feel really individual and kind of unique because of what I could feel I was setting up for with the finale. So that when I reference stuff in the finale, you know exactly what time and place I was talking about. Um, but I also wanted to. Change the feel of it. So I really tried to use kind of different language, not just the vocabulary, but with the, the kind of the voice for the episode. Um, when I was working with Chris for recording it too, I wanted him to do a, a little different um, delivery on stuff, a little softer, um, a little different in the way he usually portrayed Jake and did the narration. And um, I felt he did do that pretty well. Um, I wanted to do a play on kind of a haunted house but the kind of haunted house that is worse than anything you could really imagine. Um, and as I was writing it, that's what I felt going with each scene to scene was just building more and more, making it more horrific, more over the top. Um, and again, I feel like it works really well with what's been happening in the season so far with this building up and up and up of tension and events. Um, And the personalities for each of the characters are are becoming more built up and reaching the brink and being pushed over. And so I knew when I got to that last horror door of what was going to be behind there, as I was writing, I could feel, oh, it's something with Monica. Again, this is where I was letting the character, the story just tell through me and feeling, oh, it's something that ties with Monica all of a sudden. And this is the moment where stuff gets revealed and Jake realizes it's her and no matter what he might think she isn't who she says she is and everything's about to change. Um, And it felt like it worked really well with the pacing and how that all came down. And at the end of it, I felt really proud for, for how the episode had come out, how the writing had come out. And I feel it's one of the best written episodes I've done.
1: I would, I would agree. The,
2: if you like horror, <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. That's why I, uh, I also did the uh, the kind of like warning at the beginning, just to let everyone know.
1: It it definitely starts off in a in a way that it naturally slowly builds up too mm-hmm. because of the way they start, and it's just black. But then yep. they start to hear, and I, I like the fact that you use like an auditory mirage mm-hmm. uh, when they start to hear the sea, but they don't really see the ocean yet. Um and then the phosphorescent algae just adds to the something that probably should be pretty beautiful to see but it's a very Off. creepy <laughs> yeah wrong. something's yeah. not right again i've um,
2: experienced both these things the phosphorescent algae and having stayed a number of times on on the co- where uh, back by the, the sea where you know you can be at sleep at night in the dark and all you hear is the sound of the water you know and the
1: waves and then um, up to the the shells of the insects mm-hmm. on the path
2: I think I also had a lot of fun with the sound design with this one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I had I had my own experience with that walking mm-hmm. along somewhere at night and hearing and feeling what am I walking on? Um, except mine were thousands, hundreds of thousands, possibly snails. Oh, before I realized alive, that. and I'm like, and I'm like, there's nowhere I can walk without walking on a snail. Were they all alive uh, when I started? <laughs> <laughs> um, Where was this? I, uh, in California, in uh, a place called. It was in the city of Industry. Uh uh-huh. um, Depending on what map you looked at, it could have been Diamond Bar. Okay. Um, it was. Yeah, I was staying with a, a friend. His mother lived there. Interesting. In in late um, nineteen or no early ninety one, I spent three months in Southern California. Cool. It was a uh, a
2: very. Did you ever find was, out what the, why the deal was for the snails? Why there were so many there, or anything, or was it breeding not, season?
1: <laughs> it must it must have been breeding season because it was a very small area. Thankfully, I didn't you know have to kill hundreds of thousands of them before I could get out of their way. Um, and it was just on the side of the road where the sidewalk ended, and then I was on dirt, and then I was on something else. That wow, and you know maybe maybe 20 yards away, it stopped. And it was just like, that's where they were. That was oh, the whole like area. area. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. That's uh,
2: wow, cool. You had such a visceral tie-in with that. Yeah. Because <laughs> I definitely had like images of obviously uh, Indiana Jones, but also just having, again, thinking of what the sound design was going to be like and have fun with it. I remember um, one of the listeners just saying how creeped out she was by it.
1: The sound, whatever sound you used, reminded me exactly of those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and then, then the to, moving up into the tombstones, the you mm-hmm. know, San, uh, San Francisco, Roanoke, you know, the, all of the places yeah. we've already we've heard about, um,
2: as well as the place they're currently at,
1: as well as Port Bragg, yeah. yeah. Um, and then in the house, it was like going from room to room, progressively getting into um, maybe maybe it wasn't like every room was just adding uh, to, to another level, but it was adding a different layer of, mm-hmm. of horror. So I could tell like you were pulling from different um, possibly sources, like the kitchen was one source and then the dining room was another source. Um, So it just added to like, nothing fits the, the entire house isn't a theme around the room. And it's like a crazy kaleidoscope. Like you're throwing you off because it's like, if you went into a a house and it was just all covered with blood and, and gore, that'd be one thing. But it's like, every room is a different, way of dealing with the the so it was just off putting not knowing mm-hmm. um,
2: discomforting yeah what, and because yeah, was really because of how it was set up and everything too they had to keep going to find out to be sure to know to get the answers and get the artifact which was
1: in itself a bit gory yeah
2: <laughs> but it's a great <laughs> Sarah did a great job drawing it and you can it looks, get it on a
1: t-shirt or I was mask. Say, it looks great on a t-shirt. <laughs> um, and then, of course, at the very end, um, with the the person who wrote "in blood on the floor," the um, giving giving away the fact that Monica mm-hmm. is not who she seems. Yeah, and implicated. Exactly tied right. to what's going yeah. on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, yeah. this feels like
2: like looking back, this feels like something I would have constructed out, knowing what I was going to get to and stuff. But it was just something that came at the end there and just fit right in. And just that, as I was writing it, that's what I realized. And again, this is just slotted so nicely into place as I was writing the whole
1: season. So you you did have the idea that Monica was not what we thought, but you yeah. didn't have the... But I didn't end. realize, it, yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah, I didn't realize at this point that this was where, this was the, the, the hammer coming down, the gavel or whatever of, now Jake knows for sure. Because, and also at this point, she's kind of been, you know, using her what her ability to kind of stop him with various devices and reset him so that he can't remember. And at this point now, there's kind of no turning back, but he does know.
1: I do have the, my last note is the gloves. Right. We find out about the gloves. Right.
2: Yeah. That's where you first first. I, was, I didn't want to give that away too soon until we knew, <laughs> I knew where I was getting to it. Um, yeah. And that's when they come. So at this point, it's, we've gone beyond the point no overturn and that's when you get to, when they go back to put the um, artifact on the map table and that's when the big change happens and everything kind of changes and starts new again. Um, and it's definitely harkening back to um, season one with the earthquake event and that thing kind of resetting stuff too. And it's almost like there's, too much building up in whatever the energy potential, whatever you want to say for osteum with each thing, event and artifact, possibly whatever, building and building and building. And then it reaches a threshold point and then has to do something new or different, you know?
1: And that works really well for a story.
2: <laughs> I just got to figure out why. <laughs> that might, maybe that will be in season six too. We'll see. Grant. Oh, the other thing to mention too is the name of the episode for, so 19 is of course a genesis reference because i had to put at least one in at some point as a huge genesis fan <laughs> <laughs> also it was the title of the first novel i ever wrote that was like 30 40 pages that had was about a haunted house and also an alien abduction and weird stuff that i don't really okay. remember or have anymore yeah it's <laughs> a so little little easter egg there